morning, family. Good morning. Every time we come to this place, we are met by love. Amen? It's true. It happens from the very moment we come in and we see everyone having breakfast. There's this beautiful environment, this beautiful atmosphere that is called love. That more and more, I am sure that's not something that can be produced by human heart alone. It has to come from God. And I can see and I can feel the presence of God when we come together. And the songs that we sang and the beauty of what God is already ministering to, you, to your heart this morning. It's something that we need to take on and cherish for the, the rest of our days on earth. And I know that many of you have come this morning and, and thinking and maybe burdened because you haven't been feeling this love lately, or there's so much going on in your heart and in your mind that you just don't know what to do next. But every time we come into the presence of God, we are met with open arms. Every time we come into the presence of God, God is not going to be just pointing out your mistakes and your failures, and this is all your fault, and, and there's nothing you can do. No, God wants to meet you with love. And I pray, my prayer is that even this morning through this time of worship that you've already heard the Holy Spirit speak into your heart. And letting this love just sink in and let the love of God transform and do the work that only He can do in your heart and life. This month of August has been very, very different. Usually August for me means it's a synonym for calm. It's a synonym of a calm month, but, and it's the word. We, in Portugal, we have a really beautiful word for that. It's called tranquilo. How many of you know that word? It, it's more than just a word. This is a lifestyle. It's, it's tranquilo. We'll get there. Everything in due time. And usually August is a very tranquilo month, but it hasn't been very tranquilo for us and so many things have had to be put on hold because we have to focus on two very beautiful and precious little human beings in our family. Um, Sky is one month old today, so you can applaud very calmly, very calmly. She's asleep. Okay. Happy birthday to Sky. But as a community, we felt um, God speaking to us and leading us into a season of calm reflection. And that's why we're in a message series called Press Pause. And together we have pressed pause already, I believe. And we've been thinking about how can we hear God's voice in the busyness of life. Last week, Leanne shared about press pause and reflect, challenging us to reflect on the season we're in in our lives and the new season God is calling us into. But maybe you're feeling today is that nothing is really happening. Maybe you still can't see much change in your life, even since uh, when you became a Christian. Maybe you're having a hard time hoping that change will come when everyone else seems to be changing and you're exactly the same. And you're asking yourself, how do I get unstuck? How, do we, how, do I, how can I find the strength to move on in my life? And in order to find the answer, we are going to press pause on those thoughts and feelings and start moving on to what's ahead in your life. God doesn't want you and me to feel stagnant in our lives. God doesn't want you to feel stagnant, especially in your spiritual life. 
The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, we are changed into his likeness from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of the Lord. This very small verse says we are changed into his likeness from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of the Lord. This means that we are constantly moving on to Christ's likeness. God is moving in our lives for us to be more and more like his son, Jesus Christ. God's plan is that you and me, we become more and more like Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And for God, nothing else in your life is as important as this. For God, nothing else is as important as this. And if you're wondering right now in your life, God, what are you doing? God, why are you allowing this to happen? God, why is my life looking like this right now at this stage? This verse sums it up everything very well. Through the victories and your defeats, through the joys and the pains, nothing is as important to God as the likeness of Christ that is being formed in your life. And Paul, he wrote this. He was inspired by God to write this in Scripture. But he also wrote a letter to the, the, the Galatian church. And he says in Galatians 4.19, My little children, I'm going through labor pains again until Christ is formed in you. As a preacher of the gospel, as a leader of the church, Paul was in touch with so many different people. And if there's someone that was able to understand the needs of the people in the church was Paul. He was in contact with so many of them. And he says this in scripture time and time again. Christ is being formed in you. He felt this heaviness inside his heart. His ministry, his calling, his focus was for Christ to be formed in people's hearts and lives. There was a trend in a while in, um, in Christian circles and Christian churches using bracelets, bracelets and t-shirts, not a bracelet such as this. This was given by my wife. Bracelets with t-shirts with four letters and a question mark. WWJD. Do you remember that? Some of you do. What does that stand for? Oh my gosh, it feels like it's in the Bible even. Everyone, almost everyone knows that. What would Jesus do? And it, it's a catchphrase. And for a while, people were really focused on, these, on this question. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do in your own set of circumstances? What would Jesus do to solve the problems that you're facing? What would Jesus do if he was in your shoes? But more and more, I, I personally realize that this catchphrase isn't really pointing us to something that we can apply. It just left us guessing. What would Jesus do in our own set of circumstances, in our own specific problems and, and words that we choose and everything that we do? That's not an easy answer. And I don't personally, I don't believe that Jesus came for me to be wondering and guessing what would he do in my specific set of problems and circumstances. 
I believe that Jesus came for us to be able to be like him. Jesus came for us to be able to be like him. And according to this verse, a much better motto for Christians is, what did God created me to be? When we face our own set of problems, when we are in question, where, what's the way that I should go? What's the decision I should make? It shouldn't just be asking, what would Jesus do? But what did God created me to be? People in general and Christians in particular, we can be so focused on what we're doing that we forget about what we should seek to be. God created you to be more and more like Jesus. And the Bible says that that is the work of the Spirit of God in you. The Spirit of the Lord is working in our lives for us to be more and more like Jesus. And it's not our own work. And of course, God doesn't take away our free will. He doesn't force us to change into the likeness of His Son. And, and we need to turn to Him. And we need to seek God for sure. That is why prayer and study of scripture, worship, and, and serving one another in love, we must make choices that show that Christ's likeness is a priority for our lives. But the transformation by the Spirit precedes the fruit of the Spirit. That what God wants to do inside your life precedes the fruit that we many and many times and oftentimes we want to see happen first. Something needs to happen inside of us before there is evidence outside. We need to be changed by God in order to bear fruit that brings glory to God. And it's easy to become distracted by the fruit. The fruit that you want to see in your life. The fruit that others want to see in your life. It's easy to become distracted by comparing the fruit of your life with what God is producing in other people's lives. We want to see morality. We want to see values. We want to protect what we so-call Christian culture as if something like that exists really. When none of those things really matter. If Jesus is not on the inside. Nothing on, uh, about those things on the outside really matter if Jesus is not the one producing those things on the inside. So don't get distracted by the fruit. Focus on Jesus. Focus on the likeness of Jesus Christ that is being formed in you. Focus on letting others know about the Jesus that can actually produce change inside their lives. Don't focus so much on the outside. Focus on the inside. But this verse not only talks about who we are being changed to. It talks about how we are being changed to the likeness of Christ. And these four small little words, from glory to glory. The likeness of Jesus is God's goal set for us. From glory to glory. It describes the journey. It describes the pathway, the process. And in this process, there's progression. 
And as time goes by and as seasons go by, as our experiences go by, the Bible says we are going from glory to glory. And quite honestly, if we just look at our lives today, if we just look on how we are feeling today, sometimes it doesn't feel that we're living in glory. It doesn't feel that there's glory at all sometimes. But in the life of a Christian, of a Christ follower, when we look back and we see all that God has been doing in your life, the Bible says that we are walking from glory to glory. So many times we describe our lives as going up and down. We're in a good season. We're in a bad season. God is with me. Victories. Hallelujah. And then God seems to have left the building and nothing is really working out and we're left alone to catch all the pieces. No. When God looks at your life and he looks at my life, he sees steadiness. God sees progress. Because his focus isn't your own set of circumstances, it's in the likeness of Jesus Christ. As long as you are committed to follow Jesus every single day of your life, as long as you have Jesus as the goal of your life, there's a steadiness in our path. The Bible says that we are walking from glory to glory. Is that what we are seeing today about the glory of God doesn't even compare for the glory that we're going to see even ahead in the game. It means that God is with us and his glory fills our lives so we can see his presence at any given time of our lives. Sometimes it's hard to see the progress, but that's how God sees it. We're not there yet. And I'm sure that we are still not living in the glory that we wish we would be living right now. But we have come a long way. From the very minute Jesus came inside our hearts, we are a work in progress. Christ is being formed in us. And in this journey, in this pathway, in this goal that God himself set for your life, we are moving from glory to glory into the likeness of his son. As stuck as we might feel, the word of God is stronger than our feelings. The word of God is right. And if that means that my thoughts are wrong, and if that means that my feelings are wrong, so be it. I much rather have the word of God being truthful and being the truth than me trusting and relying on my own feelings. Leanne reminded us last week to dream big because we have a big God. Because there's nothing impossible to our God. So we cannot be misled by our own perspective of things. The word of God says in Ecclesiastes 7 verse 8, Endings are better than beginnings. Endings are better than beginnings. With God, endings are better than beginnings. If we can summarize the whole word of God into one word, if you could summarize the whole word of God into one word, what would that word be for you personally? 
There's no wrong answers, I feel. Think about it. For you, what would that word be? Love? Relationship? Everything? Life? Creation? Fire? Whoa. Victory. The Word of God brings us so many great words and positive words and, and reminds us of the goal. But personally, if I had to choose one word to summarize everything in God's Word would be hope. It's hope. Because no matter how bad things can happen, no matter how many bad things we can do, in God we can always find hope. As Christians, we shouldn't live in nostalgic memory of the things that God did. We don't need to be just rem reminding ourselves, oh, remember when we used to live in Nigeria? Remember when we used to live in Japan? Remember when we used to live in Australia? Remember the things that God did back then? Remember how we felt the presence of the Lord in that meeting? Remember when we saw God doing that miracle in our lives? Remember that, remember that. And it's easy for us to feel that life was better before than what actually is today. But the Bible says we have hope for the future. Endings with God are better than beginnings. Listen to what God tells Israel in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18. I'm going to ask Pedro to read from the screen. This is what the Lord says. He is the one who made a road through the sea and a path through rough waters. He is the one who defeated the chariots and horses and the mighty armies. They fell together and will never rise again. They were destroyed as a flame is put out. The Lord says, forget what happened before and do not think about the past. Look at the new thing I am going to do. It is already happening. Don't you see it? And if we pay attention to this passage, it starts by Isaiah, this prophet saying, people of Israel, God is about to speak. And he starts giving this beautiful introduction of who God is. Actually, an introduction about the things that God did. And it's beautiful. It reminded me of something that sometimes Gabby, when she comes home from work, she says she has lots of different meetings every week with the Lisbon Project. If you don't know the Lisbon Project, it's the nonprofit that works alongside the church. And basically, it's two associations, the church and the Lisbon Project, and one family. But the Lisbon Project, basically, re we reach migrants and refugees. And we help them as, in any way that we can, honestly. So every, every week, she has so many meetings with new volunteers, with new partners. And, and often, Gabby says that in the beginning of every meeting... Um, every person feels the need to introduce themselves properly. 
So they need to say what they're doing, where they come from, and basically they describe everything they ever did professionally because people want to look good. <laughs> they want to look like, hey, I'm, I'm competent. I'm, I'm capable of being in this meeting, and I'm able to contribute in one way or another. But sometimes those introductions are more than half of that, those meetings, <laughs> and people are just going on and on because they, they feel the need of... of uh, of being recognized and feeling important even in some ways. So sometimes, and I know that some of you have struggled through those meetings and through those sometimes bit boring meetings. So Isaiah is giving us this introduction. Hey, people of Israel, God is about to speak, and he is the God that opened the Red Sea. He is the God that provided for you in the desert. He is the God that defeated the armies of Egypt. He is the God that did this and that. He is the God that in history, you know that he is able to do so many great important things. He is the God that did. And the moment that God, and I feel that Isaiah is just babbling along and and God just taps Isaiah on the shoulder, then the Lord says, forget what happened before. Do not think about the past. Why? Because one thing is remembering and cherishing the past. Another thing is living in the past and being stuck in the past. And you know why God even felt the need to say this when great things were being said about God, great things that the people of Israel experienced with God. You know why God felt the need of saying this. Because sometimes even great experiences with God in our past can limit our perception of what God wants to do in the future. Unconsciously, many times we think this way. God already did so much in my life. Last year, God already opened the right door for me for a job. God, five years ago, already healed me from cancer. God, ten years ago, already did this, did this for me and my family. I would be asking too much to expect anything more from God. And unconsciously, we bring this mentality before God. With our circumstances, with our lives. If God did that in the past, maybe he's not going to do anything else for me in the future. No. God is tapping Isaiah on the shoulder and he's tapping us on our shoulders again today. This is not one in a million chance. No. Expect great things ahead. This is only part of the beginning. God is not done yet with your life. If God opened the job opportunity for you two, one year ago, it doesn't mean that God cannot open a different door for your life for you to be more fruitful and to be a greater blessing than what you are today. If God healed your life five years ago, it doesn't mean that he will not heal you this time again. If God was faithful and he provided for you 10 years ago, he is the same God with, with who you should expect provision coming your, in your life this day today. Our God is not a God of one in a million. He is a faithful God that has greater plans for your life because endings with God are better than beginnings. You have to trust this is faith in action. 
that what God has ahead of you is greater and better than what you've left behind. There are no limits to what God can do in your life. Because we're living from glory to glory. It's not glory for your life. It's not glory for, so that you can feel better about your life. It's God's glory. And if we're living for God's glory, God's glory doesn't stop. He wants to show greater glory in your life. So every time he acts in your life, every time he opens the door in your life, every time he does a miracle, it's more glory to him. And God is at work. He doesn't stop. Proverbs 4.18 says, The path of those who live right is like the early morning light. It gets brighter and brighter until the full day of light. When in your life you don't see much happening. But when God looks at you, He focuses on your progress. When we are living right with God, your circumstances are just an opportunity for God's light to shine brighter and brighter each day. One thing that I love about the Bible is that it's not a self-help book. Self-help book authors are capable of presenting us with very important ideas and they give us really interesting advice that many times you should follow because they're really important things. But beyond good ideas and advice, the Bible shows us real people who went through real problems and had real victories with God. And one of the most interesting characters in the Bible for me personally is this man called Paul. Paul started his life being called Saul. And Paul valued the fact that Christ has given him an opportunity to leave his past behind and receive a new life. Paul said at one point in Romans chapter 6 verse 4, we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. This, in reality, is how Paul considered his life before Christ, before accepting Jesus Christ and his lordship, dead and buried. When Paul thought about his past life before Jesus came in, he would describe it this way, dead and buried. It means the good, the bad, and the ugly. As Christians, we haven't just received the new life as well. We are called to walk in newness of life. What does this mean? And the overall idea is that what's behind needs to stay behind. What is dead and buried needs to stay that way, dead and buried, in order for you to be able to embrace the new that God is doing. And this would be a very interesting idea, even if we didn't know a thing about Paul's life. But we actually do. I believe that this was very important to Paul on a very personal level. 
Paul was an apostle of Jesus Christ, but he had a very dark past behind him. For quite a while in his life, he embraced the mission of terrorizing and persecuting Christians. In a movie based on his life, a movie from 2018, Paul, Apostle of Christ, I encourage you to watch this movie. Go on your streaming platforms and check if you can find it or just rent it. Paul, Apostle of Christ, a very good movie. And I love one, th- one of the things that they did trying to us to feel engaged and understand where Paul was coming from. And it, the movie shows that Paul was constantly having bad dreams about his life before Jesus. Paul was constantly having dreams, seeing the faces of the people, the Christ followers that he himself was responsible for putting to death. The faces of men, women, and children that he looked in the eyes and dismissed to be in prison and to be killed. And in the movie, it shows that until the very end of his days, he would have these dreams. Like haunting him because it was part of his past. What a reminder that our mistakes do not disappear simply because we started following Christ. Many times we have to live with the consequences until the end. My parents, they work with ex-drug addicts. And I, they, love, they work in a Christian association and pretty much everyone that is there, they embrace a new life with Jesus. So they left a life from on the street and they left those bad habits and they've embraced Jesus and they saw Jesus as not just one opportunity as the only opportunity that they had to put a stop to all those behaviors and they come into salvation and they come into this new life that Jesus offers but they continue to struggle with the consequences to what they did to their bodies for many, many years, sometimes even decades. And many, and most of them, continue to serve Jesus wholeheartedly, trying to, in a way, make up for the bad things that they did, but knowing that they're loved and accepted, but they just want to serve one another with love and bring that same transformation to other people's lives. But it's so common, so Often, my parents have to say goodbye to many of them because they tend to pass away because of their health problems, because of surgeries that weren't able to correct the mistakes that they did throughout the time. Maybe your past is not as severe as Paul's, maybe not as severe as an ex-drug addict, but it doesn't mean that it's any easier to deal with. People like Paul are an inspiration to us because if he was able to leave his past behind so anyone can do it as well with God's strength. The way he faced the struggle became a lesson on how we should also learn to move on. Philippians 3.12 Paul is again very personal and he confesses. I don't mean to say that I'm perfect, says Paul. 
I haven't learned all that I should even yet, but I keep working toward that day when I will finally be all that Christ saved me for and wants me to be. No, dear brothers, I am still not all I should be, but I am bringing all my energies to bear on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God is calling us to heaven because of what Christ Jesus did for us. Paul recognizes straight away, life is not perfect. I am not perfect. Things are not perfect. And there will never be a thing so-called perfection in the life of a Christ follower. Paul still struggled with temptation, he says several times. He struggled with his past. But he learned to focus all of his energies on forgetting the past. Looking forward to what lies ahead. My friends, this is hope. And God called us. To hope. We're all in this race called life. And God is calling us to receive a prize. Not a prize because of how well you run. But a prize because of what Jesus already did on the cross. The moment you cross the finish line, the prize is there. Some of us will be limping. When we cross the finish line, some of us will not have certain members of our bodies, maybe. Some of us will be exhausted and tired and crying. But the whole goal, the whole point is that we need to cross the finish line. What matters is we have to keep running. You have to keep running. You have to keep trusting Jesus. You have to keep your faith. You have to guard your heart. You have to summon all of the energy possible that Christ gives you to keep on running because that is the goal. That is the goal. It doesn't mean that your circumstances are going to go from better to perfect. What matters is in your own heart, you have a relationship with God. And that relationship will keep you sane and keep you energized so that you're able to finish the race. And my brother and my sister, God is calling us to finish the race. He's not calling you to call it quits. He's calling you to finish the race with the strength that he gives us through Jesus Christ. There is a prize ahead of us. God has prepared a life for us with Him that will last for eternity with Him in heaven. And I'm not going to succumb for any other thing that comes to us in life. Paul said, life isn't easy. I'm not perfect. I have a terrible past. I struggle with temptation. I struggle with this and that. Life is far from perfect. But my focus is to keep on running. Because Christ has already won the prize for me. And if he did that for me, 
And he, he, if he promised to be with me every single day of my life, if he promised to give me strength, I will keep on running. And I will not turn back. I want to invite the worship team to come. The decision of pressing pause and move on. And we've talked quite about it in this message series. Pressing pause is so important and so necessary. Because that's what will allow you to reflect and to think. And God is calling you to pause, press pause in many things that are going on in your life so that you can think, so that you can process with His help. And He wants you to remember that you are in this race. You are in a race called life. And it's only going to finish once we cross that finish line. And what you have in front of you in that finish line is so precious. It's so worthwhile that even though life is not perfect here on earth, our eyes should be on the prize of what Christ has earned for us on the cross. I want to invite you all to stand with me. Every single day we have to remind ourselves Don't always expect to see your circumstances being the very best they could be. Because that's not God's goal for your life. God's goal for your life is Christ's likeness. So press pause and move on means do whatever it is that you need to do before God. So that you can keep on running so that you keep your eyes focused on the end of the race. Trust God with your circumstances. Trust God with the things that you cannot control. And trust that God is with you to help you and to strengthen you and to give you wisdom so that you can keep running this race. And as you run this race, even though it's not easy, but God promises it's from glory to see more and more of God in your life. We're going to sing a song that I pray that you will make it your prayer. I didn't ask Don to prepare this song. But as I prepare this message and I listen to the song as the worship team, they decided and they they have chosen the songs for this Sunday before. I felt, God, you, only you can do great and perfect things. As you sing this song, make it your prayer before God. He knows how your heart is. He knows how your heart is feeling. But let God once again renew your mind and renew your strength by focusing on what truly is important in life. So let's pray and let's sing together.